All right, everybody. Welcome to this Ocean Life podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Uh, last week when I was on Maui with my family, I had the opportunity of meeting uh, today's guest, Luke Adolfson. Uh, we had spent some time on the water together spearfishing uh, with another local legend, Bobby Twitchell, who we just uh, released his podcast episode, the last one here. And so today I have Luke on. A lot of fun talking with this man of the water of Maui. Luke shares stories of surfing on Maui, surfing in the local WQS contest. His time over the past years pushing himself at Piahe. Jaws, the you know world famous big wave break. Some great stories from his time there, and dodging some big ones, getting some big ones. We hear of Luke's world travel, surfing in Indonesia, South Africa, and other places, with time spent helping those less fortunate with his missionary work to Uganda. Pretty rad story there. Luke shares his perspective on the youth of Maui today and the energy he and others in the community are putting into helping the kids stay focused on their goals in life and finding happiness on that beautiful, I'd call it paradise, island. And Luke and I replay that recent story of us diving together off into Pili with a close call with a boat and hear of Luke's pursuit of breath-holding, apnea training, just a great perspective on life. So thanks for being here as always, supporting the podcast, minimizing our plastic, picking up some trash, doing good for others in the water and on land. Hope we're all getting out. It's almost end of August. Summer's flying by, but that means for us in the Northern Hemisphere, some winter swells are coming. Anyway, hope everybody's doing good. Now, let's get into the ocean life of Luke Adolfson. So, Luke, man, um, we were chatting this week, and it was killer meeting you almost exactly a week ago on Maui. We went out for a dive with Bobby Twitchell, who I consider, I bet I'm thinking you might do too, as a legend underwater. Um, but, dude, so thanks for being here today and chatting with us. Yeah, man, my pleasure. It's really cool what you're doing with these podcasts. And I, I watched a couple of them, so it's really fun, entertaining. Yeah, no, that's great to hear, and I, I appreciate that for sure. So you had, you guys had a few days of waves this week, man. What, yeah. what were t- talk about that? How was it? Oh man, it wasn't as good as Tahiti, but uh, it was definitely <laughs> it was very nice. We got, you know, when it hits Tahiti first, it comes up and hits us about four days after, and we always get really excited because you see all these videos and photos of Tahiti and the trials are going on. So it was definitely covered. Yeah. Heavily in Tahiti. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't Tahiti over here, but it was uh, definitely a fun uh, run of waves and I surfed my brains out. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's rad. That's what you, it's all you can really hope for is just enough swell to be able to say you surfed your brains out. So on Maui, wh- like where were you where were you surfing? Was like Honolulu Bay or where were you? Oh, no, it's Southern Hemisphere swell. So, yep. Um, all of town in Lahaina, there's a couple of spots, real fun for shortboarding and yeah. really just full summer waves. Yep, yep, rad, man. That's killer. And then, so how was the summer in general, would you say, for you guys with waves? We've had a unusually, like on average, it's, it's probably gone, been an above average summer. It's, uh, it's been surfable pretty much every day, which is really nice for a summer. Yeah. And, and uh, it's been overhead a lot. Huh. I mean, I can't even count how many swells have been overhead. So it's really, really nice to have a summer that's, you know, a lot of activity going on in the Southern Hemisphere. And we've been reaping the benefits. It's been nice. Yeah, man, that's great, dude. And so 
Yeah, gosh, that's kind of neat. Like you're able to see what's happening in Tahiti and know it's going to hit you guys a few days later. And so, so do you like, you look at what's going on in Tahiti and you can kind of gauge the size that will reach you a few days later and kind of know what to expect? Yeah, I'm still learning, but it's, uh, it's fun and you, you get to, you kind of get to be like your own weatherman because yeah. you, you start learning like surf line and different things. They all use, pretty much the the weather maps um and they, they'll watch big storms and they'll watch the fetch of the storm and they'll watch just the energy of the storm and how 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 much the seas at where the storm is and whatnot and then uh they give like a little bit of a prediction and you can watch as the storm gets closer uh to see like how close it gets or how strong it stays or if it's going to dissipate or there's so many different variables that can make the swell uh, not really show up as big as people think or say. Right. Like, um, with this swell in Tahiti, unfortunately, it, I guess what a lot of my friends were saying is that it was a big localized storm and so it got real close to Tahiti swing. When it got to the heat, it dissipated rather than traveled all the way and right. fish all the way and energy all the way up to us. So we still got a lot of energy, but it wasn't um, it wasn't ten, twelve foot plus, you know. So right, so, <laughs> like you'd hope. <laughs> but yeah, so it's fun. Winter time is a lot more easy to predict because we have a lot more buoys. Right. So you can start watching the buoys and. It's, there's a lot of tricks and like the period if it's like 22 seconds or versus 15 16 seconds yeah makes a big difference in the prediction too and yep but yeah all the big waves guys are getting it dialed in lockdown where like they almost know exactly when the biggest wave is going to be coming in that day yeah and, and that's uh like those guys that are trying to get the um you know, the big wave awards on WSL, they're watching those buoys like a hawk. Yeah. You know, yeah. For that set because they know it's going to be the biggest set. Yeah, man. It's pretty rad. They're like basically like mini oceanographers or meteorologic meteorologists, you know, looking at all the different variables. It's pretty rad and pinpointing, like you said, oh, like totally. the range totally. of hours in the day when it's supposed to peak and then yeah. being ready and not wasting their energy paddling out hours in advance but like you know just really calling it down to like the hour it's pretty amazing yeah it's amazing what's behind uh just this whole new push for paddling and surfing um you know like it it was a huge push for towing surfing once towing surfing got big it was like wow that's amazing and like there's so much they, those guys have so much fun but now that paddle surfing big wave paddle surfing's gotten huge and, yeah uh, that's like the new thing and so they're really pushing safety um most everyone i know that surfs big waves is cpr first aid certified and then yep. even guys that have done uh, marine you know water safety training which is really uh a little just a, another a, a large step further than the first aid and cpr and then Right. There's a lot of apnea training going on with uh, breath holding and, and yep. a, lot of, a lot of different techniques for breath hold. And uh, it's really cool to hear a lot of different approaches 
you know, some yeah. people really would want to hyperventilate before they have a big wipeout, and some some just want to release that carbon dioxide that's in their lungs, kind of like with spearfishing, you know. That yeah. Or spearfishing, and and you calm your heart rate, but then there's a big uh, set coming down on you. It's kind of hard to calm that heart rate sometimes. So. Yeah, man, it is. It's a challenge. So I mean, like kind of pinpointing you and just talking about big waves and where you're at. I mean, you've had some, a few different, a few seasons now at Jaws, Piahi there in Maui and talk about big waves and everything. I mean, and also diving as we, as we kind of opened up, that's how, you know, you and I met out diving in the water. So, I mean, first of all, I mean, talk about your, your days sort of as they evolve still like out at Jaws and other, I'm sure there's other maybe reefs out there that are, you know, certified like big waves type stuff i mean how did you get into it originally like do you remember your first kind of go out jaws and when was that and everything yeah you know i'm trying to think what year it was i think it was four or five years ago and you know i just had this huge desire to surf Bayahi and all of a sudden um everything kind of lined up for me uh someone told me a patagonia connection and i got a nice inflation vest uh, I went ahead and bought, uh, you know, the impact bass, yeah. you know, from Patagonia. And then there's also, uh, the, the payahi boards don't come cheap, but, uh, one of my friends gave me a deal, threw me a board and, uh, all of a sudden I was all ready and their only excuse was just not good doing it. So, uh, that's right. <laughs> you had no more excuses. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't have any excuse to not do it now. So I, uh, I, you know, this next, the next swell came and it's hard. Uh, the hardest thing about surfing Peyote, I think is finding good partners, to surf uh, it. you know, and people that are dedicated to open up their schedule for, you know, huge waves, you know, when there's, when there's big waves, the, the temptation is you can surf anywhere and right. surf Peyote with like, now there's 70, 80 plus guys out there, yeah. and then it's a massive wave. It's like, I feel like it's like surfing pipe on crack. It's just like, yep, people everywhere. Oh, people everywhere, skis, photographers, helicopters, and there's everyone's trying to make a name for themselves out there, and it's kind of gotten a little bit too out of hand. But uh, you know, I I can't be I'm part of the party, you know, so it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely intense, uh, you know, there are a lot of attitudes and a lot of frustrations and a lot of people wanting to catch waves, and so you're battling, and you're battling for 20-plus foot waves, you know, yeah. so yeah. you're yeah. yourself in a lot of uh, situations that you probably wouldn't, so I like to say, but it's, um, it has to be the right conditions. Like I don't like doing it going on the, the mega swells because that's usually when it's really, really crowded too. Right. Um, and then the swells that are forecasted way far out as a big swell, usually those ones are more crowded swells. Um, sometimes you can pick days off that, you know, are the end day or the beginning day when there's not as many people that want to surf it and you can yeah. understand as many. Um, but there's a lot of other spots on Maui that are big wave surf spots and, you know, you, you don't have to fight 
the cool like it's just like a contest crowd out there so oh yeah man yeah no it's it's that's a that's a that story you just told is like i'd say almost like chapter by chapter like here in santa cruz and mavericks you know not me not being a mavericks guy like mavericks guys having seen enough of it the same thing it's like a lot of dudes it's hectic and a lot of attitude and vibe and people are putting themselves in situations just to get that you probably shouldn't be you know um and so yeah there's a lot of other breaks like big wave i mean what is it like how would you characterize a big wave but other places to surf that are way less crowded that you can still get your adrenaline rush you know but I mean, that's just how it is nowadays, you know, I mean, I mean, but talk about like your first, like when you first got one, I mean, or what was that like? I mean, did you get a bag of big one? What was the one you first got your first road? My first day out there, we probably shouldn't have been out there. It was uh, me, Eureka, uh, Josh Totter, and then Yuri came out on the ski later on. And, and there was, that was it. There's only three of us. It was the oh, day. Wow. Uh, where the Eddie ran, um, like like five years ago, and so that first day of the swell was um, it was only I think it was only like a fourteen or fifteen second swell, yep. and you really want a you want a long period swell there because the, the sets are more consistent. This was almost like a storm surf oh. <laughs> at like gigantic oh. <laughs> storm surf. So it was pretty messy out there, really hairy. The winds were not quite right but you know um those guys were ready and they got me all amped to go out and we all went out piled together and uh it was a great experience i caught four waves that day uh my first day or my first wave was uh real mellow real nice i was like wow that was fun and i made it all the way and i tried to you know like it was my first time surfing payout so like uh i i tried to man up and just go straight on it so i can yeah. really like see how big it was and then do a bottom turn and by the time i got to the bottom turn uh i got just swept off my feet but it wasn't <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun though to drop in all the way to the bottom and then look up at it and just be like wow dude that's that. rad and uh then the next couple uh it was fun um the i think my last one was the biggest one it was it was it's probably get to in my life it was uh pushing probably 20 foot hawaiian and yeah it from this guy he only shot with his phone and we didn't really want to cover it you know get get right. shots of it okay there weren't really anyone there wasn't anyone really filming that day because it was uh just a real storm surfy day a lot of people scratched it yeah right and uh but someone got a video of it and it just it, i looked like a little ant. i was i was kind of no way on the bat proud of myself like wow that was a really fun time but then in the middle of that time uh, i remember you know you're surfing these massive boards my board is the board that i had then was a 10-7 bar board it was uh 10-7 and this thing is like ten seven, but it's like six and a half, seven inches thick. Dude, it's like thirty pounds of board, probably. <laughs> it's like carrying it. You gotta have some balls holding it. It's like so nasty. Yeah. And so uh, this freak set came in, and I remember uh, Josh uh, Totter was right 
there. Uh, and he's like maybe another 30 yards, and I see him put his head down and start paddling, and I see the ski start, you know, Yuri, and he was on the ski doing towing. And, uh, and he, they start shooting it out to the outside, and it's just like, you're like, oh, shit. Like, you're like, oh, oh, no, this is not good. He's like, oh, shoot, you know? <laughs> like, oh, man. So we start paddling out so fast and just put our head down, and I didn't even want to look until like, I was like, so I could really get a handle on it, you know. I was trying to calm myself down, and sure enough, it was a pretty big set. Was, uh, I don't, I can't even put like a measurement on it. It's just yeah. hard when it's like that big, and but it was one of the bigger sets that came in, and uh, I I was like, I might be able to get over this thing, and so and so I was pounding, 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 and then I realized I'm not gonna make it, and so oh, I threw my no. And swam under, and fortunately, like it threw over me, oh, and, but didn't like I wasn't in the impact zone. I was able to swim under it, but then my uh, board gave me a good ride, and so I got pulled in. <laughs> I'd say like forty-five feet really fast. Wow! And uh, and so then I got my board back, and I started paddling because there's another one behind it, and I was. And it was a little smaller, but it's still, like, I was able to get back to where I was and a little further. So I was like, okay, well, maybe instead of ditching my board this time, in case there's a third one, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try to push through the lip. Tuck dive a 10-7 that sticks <laughs> this thick. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'd worth a try. I've never done this before. And so I... I try to uh, push through this lip, like I was just like lipping over, and I, I don't know if it was like an angel or I don't know why I, like what I was thinking of trying to push through this massive <laughs> lip, but I pushed through, like I'm pounding so hard, going right at it as hard as I can. I'm like, okay, here we go, and I push through, and I get in over the lip somehow, and I pop up on the top of the wave. And then I just grab my board, and I all of a sudden feel like I'm going backwards, like at 100 miles oh. an hour. And I'm like, oh, oh no. no. And my heart goes into my chest. I feel like I'm about to cry. Because like, <laughs> I'm about to get sucked over on this massive wave. And oh, I'm my like, God. I was just like, oh, man, this is it. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like, this is how it ends. <laughs> damn, it's like, <laughs> and so... Uh, Somehow I I started going backwards so fast and I was like, Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get sucked over and for some reason I don't know what happened, but when like I was just far in front of the wave that when it broke that I didn't completely get sucked over and I stayed on my board and I kinda wow. I did get wiped out but I didn't like get thrown yeah, over point to. And I just kind of got stuck in like this, like the crack. Sometimes we call it where the, when the wave breaks, it'll bend over, but then like some energy pushes back out. Oh yeah. The ocean. And I guess I got stuck in that. And man, I got, I was so relieved. <laughs> and, uh, but my heart was pounding after that. And, oh, uh, pounding. The super gnarly wipe out. And he ended up going in and we just realized that it was just, 
Yeah. I mean, a little too messy, a little too hairy. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I remember looking into one wave out there and just being so in awe. And it is um, dude, I bet. Like this really weird storm surf to it. And it was darker, darker. You know how yeah. it's even it's like a bright, sunny day. Yeah. And even if it's not that big, it still looks kind of scary. And then, I mean, but then when you, when it's a big, dark, like, like overcast day. Oh, yeah. It's, it's ominous. Really, really, really Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I say when it's a bright sunny day, it like almost looks inviting, you know. Right, but when right. it's cloudy, right. it the, adds such a different danger. Attitude to it. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like the danger factor is kind of masked by just the beauty of it all, you know. But then there's the days that are the other side of the coin, which is it's dangerous and it even looks dangerous that dark gray green you know and i mean sometimes i just i remark too and i'm better about this than when i was younger but like recognizing when the ocean is trying to tell me like today's not a day meant for people to be out <laughs> you know and like you know when you're younger it's like oh i'm going and like sometimes you get your ass in it too and you you barely make it back in but now it's like i just recognize hey right now the signs are saying people sh should not be out here <laughs> you know, if you're a person, you don't belong in the ocean. I don't care who you are. They're just not, it's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that visual I had. I had just imprinted in my mind of this massive wave coming in and almost like oh, man. had like a fist to it. And when it threw over, it was like, it just had this, the biggest barrel you could put. It, it literally felt like you could fit a school bus, a full yeah. bus. Dang, Dude, awesome. gnarly. And I was just like, holy cow, that's so yeah. hard. It is like, that's insane. That's really started for me. I was like, wow. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. There about there a handful of times. I, I would not say I'm like a payahi guy. Like, there's so many payahi guys that mm -hmm. are there that dedicate their lives to it. And it's right. really cool. And I, I want to get more into it, but I'm definitely not the regular guy out there. And uh, it's really yeah. cool to see those guys. Like, right. Like, oh. The guys that have really dedicated their lives to it, like Fury, just amazing. And he, he's out there every day. And then Kai Lenny, like, this last year just blew everyone away. Yeah. And it's cool to see their passion, that level of adrenaline that they can harness and but then go and push it the extra measure, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty special to see for sure. And that's pretty rad that you're right there and able to, to get on it when you're able to and then see that, I mean, see that whole story develop. I mean, Jaws has been a thing for a while, but like, the last what four or five years, it's been really it's just blown up, just like kind of I guess big wave surfing global in general. Now it's a, it's a huge giant thing, you know. But I mean, part of your time too is like you're surfing on Maui, but you're traveling a lot. I mean, I I just looking at a clip of you and Nias and Indo and Sumatra just getting 
fully barreled. I mean, and you mentioned other places, Uganda. I mean, you've been around the world a bunch, South Africa. It's a big passion here. So talk about just the travel aspect to other places to go surf. I mean, um, how often do you go? And, you know, talk about some of the recent stuff you've been doing. You know, surfing is uh, such a unique sport because it's a culture, you know, and I feel like a lot of of sports carry this culture, but surfing is, you can go anywhere in the world, and if you're with surfers, you feel at home, and it's really cool because you get to go surf Australia or Indonesia or Philippines or South Africa or Tahiti, and you might not, like, come at this, this. Really nice little coin Tahiti. Um, his name is Hiro, and man, the hospitality in Tahiti just—it—it it taught me a whole different level of aloha. And it wow. was—it uh, was just, just amazing. You know, these people will treat you like their their brother. They're like without even knowing you, and invite you in their home and cook you food, and just like just show you their ways and. You know, it's just amazing the the love they have uh, over there, and uh, so yeah, like here though, like I didn't really, like, you know, he he speaks French and, and Tahitian, and I I speak English obviously, and uh, so like it's not we our communication levels weren't very deep, but uh, <laughs> we found ourselves like explaining things with our hands a lot and. You know, I almost felt like a caveman after hanging out yeah. with him. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. So, you know, like, every time we would talk with uh, Hiro, like, we would say, you know, really talk really slow and be like, wave, power, need. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> like hungry, Luke, hungry, anger, like you know, like you know, like okay, man. Like this, like strong word, like in one word, so you can make, you can, and kind of like use your hands to describe it. And so after after hanging out with him, and you know, it's just totally being embarrassed in the culture of the Tahiti culture, and surfing with him a lot, and eating fish every day, and whatnot, and it was time for us to move on in our journey and uh so i i was taking back the rental car and the 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 surf straps for some reason they they let water come in through the surf straps into the rental car oh yeah so the seats were so good Uh. so i've taken this rental car back to like these really nice Tahiti people and they were gonna charge me for the water again and I was like, you know, it was raining in Tahiti, and so when I was talking to them, I was talking like I was talking to Hero though, because uh. <laughs> it was nonstop. It was like Tahiti, raining, wet. <laughs> <laughs> so here I'm like this, this white guy is like just thought, probably thought it was crazy, and then afterwards, yeah. uh, scratching my head, I was like, oh. Maybe that's why they didn't budge at all. They were talking like I was a caveman. But, right. Um, were, uh, the, like, dude, we speak English, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, it's just kind of a funny, I keep, I always think back, like, laugh about that. Um, yeah. yeah. That's really rad, fun. man. Yeah, the traveling's killer. I mean, like you said, it, it's, 
that community global community of surfing and there's a lot of others I'd, I'd say almost every other water sport has that same sense of community diving spear fishing fishing etc so, some communities by nature are more like embracing of of kind of foreigners other places coming in to yours to fish with you or surf with you or dive with you you know and paddling same you know but yeah surfing's cool it is it's like there's always egos. That's the nature of surfing, but there's so many pockets within, within every place, whether it's the most gnarliest Southern California or heavy pipe, wherever it is, like with where there can be a lot of egos, there's always the opposite, you know, and there's that community, you know, so it's rad that you've got to see. I mean, I mean, what about Uganda, man? What was it like there? What was the surf scene like there? Oh, it's not quite a surf scene. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Uganda was a mission trip and went over with the church and it, um, it was just amazing. It was a, a, an incredible experience seeing the culture over there and um, it's just you know it's, I really recommend um, going to places where, like you know underdeveloped countries that are struggling with uh, with poverty and with malnutrition and with uh, you know, that pit, this really is just barely surviving, barely right. making it. Because it's so humbling. It's really, really humbling to see that. Uh, it's really inspiring, too, to just give to these people. And just, like, you go to give, but then afterwards, you just feel like such, like, they gave you more than you gave them. Yeah. They taught you the contentment, like a lot of people don't have in the States, of just being content with nothing, yeah. being thankful and happy. I mean, these little kids just are so happy over there, and they have nothing. Right, they don't have right. video, they don't have iPhones. And so it was definitely a, a wake-up call for me, uh, and it was an amazing trip. I saw a lot of people get just mightily touched. Um, and it was really cool. Yeah, and then uh, we got, I turned it into a surf trip, so I went down to uh, Jeffrey's Bay as well. Oh, oh sick. Later. And I met uh, some nice folks, or uh, some nice guys in Jeffrey's, and we ended up doing a surf trip or a road trip down to Cape Town and then back up. And, oh, man, like, South Africa has such a unique culture too behind it and the, the South Africans are our legends over there. They they're radical, you know, and yeah, really yeah. really cool. Like I could ever met I I never ever thought I'd be surfing with penguins out in the water down in Cape Town. Dude, but, that's uh, so rad. Pretty freezing. But pretty remarkable, uh to seeing the the natural life over there, you know, and the yeah. Like, and in Uganda, too, we got, or northern South Africa, we went to the Kruger National Park, and that's just cool. amazing, and massive elephants, and lions, zebra, hyenas, it's just like, yeah, man. And their natural habitat, they do a really good job of keeping them protected and keeping them in a natural habitat where they're, they're just totally doing their own thing, and you get to kind of drive on the road carefully around, and sometimes you'll see some animals, and sometimes you won't, you know, but they're in their own natural habitat, and 
eating other animals and whatnot. So it's a real cool park, the Courier National Park over there. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. No, that's killer. I mean, to see all that, there's like such bonuses beyond just finding good waves. It's the community, the people you meet, the culture, and then also just like the natural landscape, you know, and then that Kruger I've heard is insane. I've never been. It's again on my long list of <laughs> things to go do. But part of what you're mentioning too is like you, you went out to Uganda uh, on like on a, with, with um, the church on a, like a mission trip. But part of, because part of your deal, Luke, too, is like giving back, you know, that's why you're out there. But locally, where you're at, you know, you you also give back to the local kids. Um, you know, the, and I'm, I'm going to say this wrong because I, I didn't ask how to pronounce it, but the Pomakai youth. So first, correct my enunciation of that, of, your, of the group you're running, but then talk about it, man, what you're doing with the kids there on Maui. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I'm thinking about rebranding the because we're going to uh, move forward and make it a 501c3 uh, very shortly here and uh, cool. really brainstorming what to get named to rebrand it because, you know, the problem about the name is it's, uh, it's a Hawaiian name, but it's a tough one to say. And sometimes I'll even botch it up if I'm not focused, but it's a Pumakai. Um, you got it. Yeah, it means, you know, I, it means a lot. It means lucky, blessed you know, fortunate, um, but I really take, like, the blessed part out of it, um, you know, and, and I, the whole mission for the program is to, to really bless kids, um, more unfortunate kids, but even kids that just need a goal or a purpose or a focus in life, you know, and, uh, now, uh, I don't know if you, know this but it's like one of the number one suicidal rates in the nation and uh, the reason why is uh, everyone comes here to Maui to really enjoy the paradise and that they call this paradise and they come here to get away from maybe their hell and back home and uh, so when kids hear that like this is the best place in the world there's uh, not a whole lot of hope so so, unfortunately, uh, there's kind of a lot of depression over here, and uh, it's, it kind of stems back to, like, domestic problems or domestic abuse or, you know, it's pretty pricey over here to live uh, for a lot of people because you got yeah, yeah. three jobs or so. But the, the thing I, I want to do with uh, the youth group is to really kind of just teach these kids and create a culture of, of realizing how blessed they are over here. Like, mm. They might feel like hell if they're having, you know, domestic problems or whatnot, but to really just not take it for granted that they do live in a paradise, that they have some of the most, like, they have amazing opportunities over here that they can take with. And, you know, a life of hard knocks is started, it builds character more. It mm-hmm. builds it builds a, a stronger man or woman, you know, and, uh, you know, like, there's all these different quotes that I could quote about how, you know, when you face trials and tribulations, it's like testing, and it's growing your perseverance and your character and stimulating you, and it's making you better, a better person, and, or, you know, and there's, like, <laughs> there's that song, it's like, whatever, 
doesn't kill me. It just makes me stronger. You know? Yeah. You know, so it, it's getting their perspective of, of being a champion, of being yeah. a fighter, of, of having a goal, having a focus, knowing they're blessed, you know, these kids knowing that they're blessed. But then we also uh, want to bless these kids and we want to, we want to stoke them out. So we'll stoke them out with a uh, gear or sometimes we'll give them a gift certificates for a search off or we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we have this 4.0 program where if they get a 4.0 in uh, school, they'll get a brand new custom board, which is oh, rad. super cool. And I've had a bunch of kids, you know, bring their grades up. So, you know, like, I want to, my big thing is seeing where the kid's at. Some kids, you know, having a goal of a 4.0 is impossible, and it's absolutely right. not going to ever happen to kids because they just don't have the discipline or the focus. But you, you create small goals and just start teaching them how to create small goals. And, uh, it's amazing to see a lot of these kids turn their grades around from straight ass to and B's and then even to 4.0s, you know. Right. It starts with those small goals. It starts with that small motivation that, and just that that they know they can do it. I mean, it's, a lot of them feel like they can't and they just don't realize like these younger high school years are really going to set them up for life. If they push through and they learn how to overcome things in these young years, then They'll be able to yeah. overcome them in their later years. I mean, yeah. I remember school being one of like as like kind of dreaded. I I didn't like high school very much, and it was it definitely I worked hard. I I was I went to school on the Big Island. I was a, I was homeschooled all the way until my tenth grade, and then eleventh and twelfth year I went to a small school in Hogoloa, and the the school was so small that my class was nine no way uh, but I <laughs> you know I was motivated and stimulated and I was valedictorian of the class as student body president and I just you know but look at me now like I'm not I'm not walking out in any like uh like I didn't I went to college I got a really good like uh I got a lot of help to go to college so it was uh like I ended up only having to pay like six grand a semester but I just kind of found yeah. myself lacking the end goal I yeah. you know when I yeah I out and, and now seeing that like how much goals and purpose and focus are important like I feel like if I had a, a focus when I was in college I'm not saying it was a bad thing to drop out but I'm saying if I had like an end goal I would have finished but when yep. I was in high school my goal was college right yeah and then when i got there i was like now yeah. what you now what uh, i didn't really have a career goal i didn't have like i didn't really know what i wanted yeah. to do life and you know i started out with engineering and math and whatnot and so i guess what i'm trying to say is uh you know realizing your goals and your dreams is so important and mm. really you can accomplish mm. anything like, who would have ever thought <laughs> that we would be, you know, people would be flying to the moon 
until they were like, I want, until someone thought, I want to fly to the moon or even think about yeah. the right. Whoever thought we'd be ever flying. And how many times did the Wright brothers fail and not fly? Yeah, man. And almost kill themselves. And, and <laughs> yeah. finally, you know, like, they succeeded. So, like, and they look at technology nowadays. I mean, the options are endless. And really, dreaming is huge. Dreaming and, and finding yourself and dreaming and what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? And anything is like fathomable. Anything you can do. And yeah. it's really important to not limit yourself. There are no limits. Everything is possible with dreams. Yeah, yeah. And I see too, like, what's important is from what you're doing is not just sharing this perspective with these kids, but you're providing like a, an adult uh, influence you know, um, who can believe in them. Cause, I, Cause it's like, you know, you look at your own self and others and it's like anybody can create a goal, but people really who are, who believe in themselves, they believe in themselves usually cause they've had somebody else who's believed in them, you know, beforehand. Um, and usually that's a family member, a parent, somebody like that, a mentor. And if you don't have that and you're a 13 year old kid with unlimited potential you might not ever believe in yourself because you've never had anybody to believe in you but what you're doing with your group sounds like is you're providing that framework of hey here's what you could do in life and believe in your but also you're acting as an adult figure a mentor of sorts who is giving those kids inspiration to believe in themselves because you're believing in them you know i mean i think that's super 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 key you know if you don't get that from your family and if you don't get it from the community around you, you might not ever have it. And you might not be able to do what you could do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the truth, man. It's, that's totally it. And that's the big thing about, uh, our, the, the program is it's really being a part of kids' lives. It's yeah. not just throwing them boards or throwing them gear, but it's like the everyday walk with them and, you know, it's right now we don't have a huge group of kids or whatnot, but how many do you have now? Well, I would say right now we're focusing more on the Lahaina Luna surf team. Oh, cool! And, and there's uh, kids. You know, like it's it's hard to put a number to them because it's it, it, Maui is such a small community. And yeah. West side is such a. You saw how tight niche it is. You know, yeah. so it, it's it's something about being that everyday light to them when you come in and interact. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever you come in contact with them, it's like walking with them and being like, hey, so how's it going? Where are you working? What are you doing? What are, what's your focus? And it, like, it's the work that was prior, you know, when they were in high school. Now they've graduated. Now they've moved on to, you know, working full time or whatnot on the island. And, and but it's, they still have that deep connection with you, whether we went to camp with them over, like we've done different camps going over to, uh, like, uh, in, like we teamed up with, uh, Young Life. Young Life is a big organization over here. Okay. And, uh, yeah. they'll do, they've taken 36, like sometimes they'll take like 36 kids out to, uh, uh, Woodley, which is a camp in Yuba city. And it's, it's just really fun. Uh, these kids to this day will say it's the best week of their lives. Yeah, you know? that's rad. 
the rock, you give them a, give them a new perspective. Right. You, you just have a blast with them, but then you get deep with them, you know, and you share right. things. Kids open up and they share things, and you know, you get to hear their struggles, but then you get to hear and give them like a a motivation and a stimulation to to overcome those struggles and it's it's really cool camp um there's a lot of different things like where there's action and it shows them that like you know some of these kids are like afraid of heights or afraid of weapons like ropes courses there's like a tower course there's uh there's like dune buggies there's there's the gap but Huh. Like the ropes course and the towers course are kind of like for some of these kids really was like a wake up because they're not used to heights. They're not used to being, you know, 800. Well, I would say it would be like 200 feet in on this one ropes course. Pretty yeah, pretty wow. Uh, really high uh, ropes course. And so it's, uh, you know, like looking down and it's like it almost gets blurry when you look down because it's so high. And, it freaks these kids out, but like to overcome <laughs> that freak, you know, being freaked out, and that shows them that like to apply that, and later on in life too, it's really cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's just building relationships with kids. Like don't like, and that's the thing is, uh, it, it it is it's a small. It takes a village to raise a kid. You know, like uh, me doing a little work here or some of my friends doing work with kids in other parts, or, you know, it's just everyone doing their part. Yeah. And it's a positive influence. Too. Yeah. That are growing yeah. up right. It makes the biggest difference, yeah. you know? It makes the biggest difference. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, rad. Yeah, man, 100%. I think that, uh, I don't know, I honestly think that every every person every adult has an, um, an obligation to give something back to the next, the next generation, whether it's, it doesn't matter if you're coaching baseball or helping somebody surf or taking them for a walk and just chatting. It doesn't matter. There's, four, there's a million different ways to do that because I think the kids of today have it. They're just, it's tough. I think it's tougher for them than it ever was for me, my generation, probably yours. You know, it's, it's like you could, Somebody could listen to this and go, what you, how could they possibly be depressed on Maui? It's the most epic place on earth. But it's different, man. They, you know, they, 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 their take on reality is like based on what they see on commercials and the phone and Instagram and social media. It's, dude, it's hard. You know, I get it. I can see how they'd be depressed because they, they don't have all these things. They have this beautiful natural environment. But if somebody's not there helping them to see the beauty around them, they might not ever see it. So the depression and that just leads to, you know, bad places. So doing what you guys are doing is just, I mean, I just admire you for doing that and taking your own time. You know, I think that's, that's just, it's awesome, man. You know, and then kind of tied to that, you know, is and back to the water as well is, um, I mean, diving in your own time underwater. I mean, part of what you guys are doing with the group, are you getting, Getting any kids sort of free diving or snorkeling, exposing them to, you know, the, the waters of Maui, you know, underwater like that? You know, for me, I, I've kind of just started really getting into spearfishing and getting really comfortable with it uh, recently. Uh, Bobby definitely has been uh, bringing kids out since 
from a long time ago, and and he he does cool. amazing work with kids too, and it's really cool uh, for me. Like I'm still getting kind of comfortable, kind of just tag along with Bobby and having fun with him and stuff. So I haven't really explored to take kids out. Uh, like what we did is more deeper depths and whatnot, right. but. Or like spear fishing, like three pronging. Yeah, I mean that's that's just kind of like another right. thing that people love to do. And yeah, uh, the biggest thing that I've really found to do is just you know take them surfing, surfing or adventures. There's so many really fun yeah and trails over here, and like the best thing about trails and and hiking is like you know the car time on the way to the trail or the the on the like eating after or before something about sharing a meal with the kids and and just like stoking them out with some food and they they open up a lot more and then oh when you bring them out like on a trail like you experience these like this amazing beauty this amazing peacefulness and just getting out in nature in the world it's it it does a lot for your soul and, and yeah and you get to have really good conversations out there too of just being thankful for that right. and exploring it. So that's I definitely want to bring them out spear fishing, but you know it's like getting out the gear. And yeah. All that. Oh yeah, it's that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I it's hard. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know that's the thing. You need all the gear for sure. But it was pretty rad. Like I really enjoyed diving with you and Bobby, you know, and I know you heard, you know, my, Bobby's podcast episode and we opened up with our boat incident, you know, and, you know, for folks listening, you heard the Bobby, you know, Bobby's when we opened up there. I mean, the, the, the yelling that woke us up from our just kind of meditative kick where our heads down and not seeing was, was you Luke like yelling. And like Bobby said, I thought it was a shark too, you know, but you know, I was kind of replaying that whole episode and like, really like, God, man, thank goodness, Luke, you were either more aware than I was, or maybe Bobby too, of what was going on topside, or you just happened to poke your head up at the right time, man, because <laughs> we we had no idea that boat was coming, man, and then Bobby was, he was right in the path of it. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I guess, like, the last time I dove with Bobby out there, uh, I, I kind of stored in my heart, like, uh, there was a boat that went inside of us, and I popped my head up, and I didn't see them until they were going by, and they were far away from us. Yeah. But the thing that hit me is I didn't know they were there. And uh, right. I was like, well, what if they didn't know I was there? Right. And so I stored that in my heart. And even though they were far, there's no, nothing like what we experienced. It, I put it in my heart, like, wow, like, if I didn't know they were there, they didn't know I was there, this could have been bad, you know, yeah. and it, I, yeah. I learned from it right there, and so I was popping my head up a bunch. When oh, I right on. The other day, just because I knew that spot is a, it's more of a traverse spot with the, the tourist boats going up to the bay and whatnot, and so I was just like, this isn't like where we usually dive, you know, and a lot of times right. where there's no boats, nothing, you know, and so you can relax can kind of just not have to worry about any traffic but unfortunately uh that spot does have a little <laughs> bit of traffic and uh we almost <laughs> got killed <laughs> bobby, bobby was like 
five feet from that boat. Dude, I know. I was thinking, like, it's funny, like, it's one of those moments, just like when you described trying to punch through that big wave at, at Peahi, time kind of stands still looking back on it you can kind of replay it in your mind and i can replay that like that that time stood still when i heard your voice i looked up and immediately like it's like it's time stopped and it's like okay boat here you can see it's flying fast bobby's there i'm here and i just like had this like okay i think i'm okay based on the line of the boat bobby maybe not and fortunately he popped his head up at this just right after i did saw it but what I realized was if that guy who doesn't see us just, and you were going that fast on a boat, it's like a surfboard. If you just do a small turn, you, it goes quick, right? It's not like the slow loping turn where I'm like, dude, if this guy doesn't see us and maybe dodges a turtle or I don't know what, just drops his phone and turns the wheel just a, just a hair, <laughs> we're going to get mowed down, you know? There's like this, okay, let's hope that doesn't happen because that guy's too close to even really dive under it now, you know? Unfortunately, to, I mean, Bobby stopped and the boat went by us, but dude, it was, it was a sketchy one. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely sketchy. Our hearts were pumping and fish were waving at the boat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good time with you. Like, the cool part about that dive was the dolphins. The dolphins were just insane. Uh, I know. Getting so close and just like playing with uh, us. So, yeah. Like, Really cool. That was special, man. That was really special. Yeah. So, so then Luke, man. So, dive surfing. You're helping kids. I mean, you're diving. I mean, what's kind of next? I mean, what's like? You know, we're kind of more than halfway through this year, and you know, we're gonna get some winter swells here coming pretty soon. I mean, what what's next for you, man? Any big plans or trips or or goals? Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm leaving on the thirtieth to go to Indonesia. There's a little contest over in Nias, so a three-star QS contest, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of realized I have goals of myself and dreams of myself is to actually compete in contests and have fun with it and uh, get in like the Hawaii events. And, Great. Uh, there's the Triple Crown, the HIC, and the Vulcan Pipe Pro, and so I've never surfed in the Triple Crown. I surfed the HIC last year in the for the first time, and I, I was really fortunate. I won my first heat there, and it was just felt God. felt like I accomplished a goal, you know, and a dream. And so, you know, I'm just having fun with it. I'm not trying to real, win a world title or anything, but it, it is something that I realized that I had in my heart, like, as a kid, that I kind of was pushed away from of yep. being a pro surfer. And, you know, yep. a lot of my – I surfed every day when I was a kid, but I was kind of more – uh, encouraged to go like the high school, college, career yep. route. But you know, look at sure. me now. I'm, I'm teaching surf lessons. I'm working at a restaurant, but I'm loving my life. I, yeah. I travel around. I get to surf every day, and I, you know, I'm, I, I really feel like I'm living my own dream. And yeah, it's, that's uh, awesome. Really cool. So I'm gonna go to Neos, and uh, the waves look like they're gonna be pumping. And I got all my boards ready. I'm really excited, and uh, hopefully I'll uh, make it through enough heats to get into the HIC and and the Vulcan Pipe Pro and maybe the Triple Crown. So sick, really fun to to uh, do that all again this year. And so that's Dude. some goals. Also, we got some goals to surf Ayahi again, and uh, you know, 
lining up water safety is really important for uh, Peahi is having a ski to watch you. A lot of people right. are pounding out, out there without skis. And so it's putting a lot of other people in danger because yeah. if they're in danger and someone's not going to just watch them die. They're going to go rescue them. But that, that means someone doesn't have a partner anymore. Someone doesn't have eyes on them anymore. So it's, uh, it's a real important thing to have a ski just for yourself out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Even, you know, like, I'm doing it for the love. I'm not trying to go, it's just for fun for me. But, you know, I don't want to put anyone in harm's way. I ended up, for some reason, hitting my head really hard. Or yeah. getting in a sticky scenario can happen out there really fast. And I wouldn't want to ever put anyone else in my harm or in harm's way because, I was being rescued by their partner. Yeah, right. And they needed it. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, really excited. Good deal. Season. Really excited for the contest, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you can get some results. Cool. Oh, dude, well, that's awesome, man. It's all good stuff, and I wish you the best of luck with all of that, man. And. Dude, Nia sounds rad. Dude, that's going to be fun. And I, already, I saw some video of you on Instagram surfing it. So it kind of looks like you've already been down there and you, you know what's, what to expect, man. So, dude, best of luck and all of that to you, Luke. Thanks. Thanks. Really appreciate it. I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> rad, man. And if you're, of course, ever out in Cali for California for a contest or a trip or whatever, man, and want to come get... Want to freeze in the Northern California water or take a crack at Mavs or something? Let me know. I'm here and would love to have you. Yeah, man. That's actually been a, a dream of mine, too. It's just, you know, kind of let everything work themselves out, you know, like uh, the opportunities. And, you know, you offering that opportunity is a big step. So just Fully. coordinating a ski out there and all that would be yeah. huge. And, and watching for swell season. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet, man. Well, dude, good luck with all that. And thanks for taking your time today and, and sharing all this rad stuff. And again, and beyond all that, man, thanks for putting your own time that could be spent doing other things, you know, towards the kids and everything. I mean, that's, that's just rad. And we need more of that in the world in general. <laughs> so thank you for that, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. It definitely keeps me, me, my head on straight. You know, yeah. and, uh, having being accountable to the kids and having, yeah. you know, wanting to make a difference in their lives helps me make a difference in my life, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Right on, Luke. Well, hey, this has been awesome, dude. And uh, thanks again, man. And we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, thanks, man. Have a great day. Okay, thanks. Sure. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening uh, to another podcast episode. Can't do it without you, and uh, so thrilled to have you here supporting uh, myself and the podcast and all the guests uh, continually. Always appreciate a positive um, rating on your uh, your podcast app, whether it be you know Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Just helps helps grow the podcast and uh, spread awareness. So thanks for that. And then any uh, social media mentions, always super appreciative. And uh, if you know somebody who you think would be great to have on the podcast to share about their ocean life, please hit me up. I'd love to chat with them. Or if you think you'd like to, let me know. Uh, Email is josh at thisoceanlife.tv. All right. Thanks, guys.